what else can I do? Records, magazines, comic books, that's one thing. But tickets, tickets. Do you realize what this means? That you are no longer content merely hearing their awful music and looking at photos of their horrific faces. Now you want to see the devil in the flesh. You want to reach out and touch pure evil. And in Detroit, no less.
once again to the Sin Beef Podcast. I'm your ho- host and head butcher, Gary Hill. Uh, with me is um, <laughs> the better looking half of this program, Jamie Jenkins. How are you? I think that might be questionable, but I'm doing okay. Can't tell all the, with all the fur on my face, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jamie, you got a, a guest tonight. Uh, introduce your guest. Oh yeah, well, here with us tonight is Brian. Uh, people will know him from Evil Episodes. And uh, he's also done a stint on Skeleton Crew and on Devour. So pretty much if you listen to my shows, then you've probably heard him or also liking it. Uh, he's pretty much been on everything I do at some point or another. And he's a he's a permanent co-host on Evil Episodes. So if you listen to that show, then you no doubt have heard him. So this is Brian Sammons. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Had a great day today. Looking forward to this. Uh, great. Welcome to the butcher shop, sir. <laughs> Thank you. And he is the he is known as the better looking half of us two. Ah. Oh, and my guest tonight. At least by me. <laughs> at least by you. Uh. Oh yeah. Tonight also I have a guest. There's four folks on the show tonight. Uh, my friend who is a writer as well. Uh, Suzanne, how you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing fine. Just uh, chilling on a pretty mild uh, Thursday night here in Chicago land, so I'll take it. You know. <laughs> oh, I agree. It beats the weather we've been having. Yes. I guess uh, we'll start the show proper. I'll start with uh, one of our guests, Brian. Have you watched anything good lately at all? Oh, hell. Uh, <laughs> always, always, always. Um, besides the movies that we've watched for this, um, well, hell, uh Baby, what have we been watching lately? And, <laughs> See how I just passed the buck? Well, we watched Back in Action for Direct-to-Video Connoisseur that uh, I just finished recording that show. So we did that in honor of Roddy Piper. That's a good one. Um, so if you have uh, if you have a, I don't know, a hole that's missing in your life because you haven't seen this mostly Billy Blank's movie, then check that one out. Um, but that was what we did in honor of Roddy Piper because we figure everyone was talking about they live and um, and then of course after we did this and Matt's like I should have done Hell Comes to Frogtown, but like I said, yeah, like that was Brian's suggestion. But but we did this one, which worked out for me because I had never seen this one before, so that was okay. And other than that, well. Um... We did revisit some. I got the Criterion Blu-ray of uh, Oh yeah, Dress to Kill sent to me for review, and yeah, that uh, was great. They did an excellent job on that movie. It looks so pretty, and a ton of extras. Oh yeah. Oh hell, there's so many interviews, um, just tons and tons and tons of extras on that. So if you don't yet have, because there is there was a previous Blu-ray release of Dress to Kill, and if you don't yet have it on Blu-ray. Pick up the Criterion. It's totally worth it. I mean, they they did an amazing job. And if you're the kind of movie fan that likes a lot of extras with your movie, then that is going to be the addition for you. It's really good. Great. Anything else? Oh, there's always tons, but it's hard to remember. Uh, yeah, it is, too, isn't it? <laughs> we didn't watch all of it, but uh, another one that I do want to go back and watch it all again is uh, People Under the Stairs. That's also coming out on Blu-ray soon. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's coming from Screen Factory, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And that's a movie that I've always been kind of cold towards, 
But sitting down and just kind of like jumping around on a disc um, for various reasons. Uh, what parts I watched for the first time since probably it came out, God knows how many years ago, it was better than I remembered. I still don't think it's great. I don't even know if it's good, but at least I, it was enjoyable. I was having fun with it. I think it's entertaining. Oh, I know what we watched. Toolbox Murders 2. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> because Brian got that in for review. Yeah, sometimes you got to take the bad with the good. <laughs> and I heard bad things about it, but I was like, well, let's just watch it anyway. Oh, don't do that. No, don't. Do not do that. I implore you. It's, um, yeah, it wasn't good. And he, but- wanted to, he wanted to abandon it before we even got to the end, and I... <laughs> I'm just, I was kind of insistent. I, I like to finish things that I start, and there really was no point. I really just wanted to get to Bruce Dern because they promised me that Bruce Dern was in this movie, and then he just was kept not showing up, and he finally did show up, but um, he, he didn't. Spoilers, he's in the last 10 minutes of the movie. It didn't, it didn't really help. I mean, he was the best thing about it, but they're just, other than that, it's just not, there's not even really a story. And both and Jamie so. and I are fans of the Toolbox Murders remake. Um, yeah, I like, we're like the two people in the world who like that movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I knew it was true love. But uh, It's got a Miss Julia Landau in it, so uh, it's a plus for me. So. Wasn't Julia Duvall in the remake? Huh. Uh, is she? I don't uh Angela Bettis is, and I know, uh, Sherry, Zombie is. Sherry Moon Zombies in the very beginning of it. I, I, think she is. I, I think she is. I think she plays one of the roommates, or not roommates, uh, whatever, neighbors. Well, there yeah. is a neighbor who's like a like a Randy neighbor, and she's, um, but that's not Clea Duvall. Uh, so I, if she is, I don't remember her being in it. That doesn't mean she's not. It just means I don't remember. Well, I'll, take it, I'll take it to you, Suzanne. What have you been watch, watching lately? Oh, I've actually been just revisiting a lot of things. I picked up the steel book for 10 bucks of an American werewolf in London. And there's a little documentary on it called Beware the Moon. Absolutely fascinating. A lot of interviews with the cast, John Landis, and definitely worth the $10 I spent on it. I watched We're Still Here Again. Just because I, it, it just it felt like such a great throwback to you know '80s horror movies for me, and uh, introduced my friend to The Brood. She had never seen it, and she loved it. It's nice being able to watch a movie for the first time with somebody and having them just jump all over the place and yelp. <laughs> it's always it's fun. it's a great feeling to do that. And Cronenberg's always a good way to go. I introduced a couple of friends to The Brood last year, and they both loved it too, which always makes me really happy when you can bring something to someone that you really love, and there's always that moment of, what if they don't like it? Uh, I really wasn't too worried because we sort of, we basically became friends because we're both big horror fans, and that's what our friendship was started off as, just talking about horror movies, and she's younger than me, so I've seen a lot more than she has. And a nice, nice side note on The Brood, I just saw that Criterion is doing an edition of The Brood. I think I have every Criterion of the David Cronenberg movies, and it looks like they put a lot of work into this one. Time to contact them again. <laughs> yeah, I saw it pop up when I was searching for something. I'm like, 
ooh, the second that is available for pre-order, they have my money. I love Criterion. Um, there's a lot of good companies out there right now, but Criterion still holds weight. I mean, just yeah. the amount of effort they put in their stuff is just amazing. Oh, I know. I mean, the scanners, I could. I still haven't gotten through all the extras on scanners. I don't think I've gone through all of the extras on Videodrome. There's just so many, and it's it's just amazing where they the time and effort that they put into these editions. I think Shout Factory does a good job as well, and I've always been a big fan of Blue Underground. Yep, and another one that I love uh, mainly just for visual quality is Synapse. Um, oh, yeah. Don May Jr., the guy who runs that company, is like the most OCD video file you'll ever meet. So uh, he will go over a movie again and again and again to make sure it is just the most beautiful thing that he can put out. Yeah, I'm holding my breath for the Suspiria release. Oh, they released some stills for it. And oh, I saw the stills, and oh, I... they look beautiful. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Absolutely yeah. dying for that one. If anybody needs amazing uh, video work to make sure that their movie looks as beautiful as possible, it's Argento. So, oh, I know. Argento's my favorite. Um, I have high, high... I've been waiting for that damn thing to come out on Blu-ray over here. Um, I think it was released on Blu-ray in Europe some years back, but... I'm so glad it's finally coming on this side of the pond. Yeah, I've heard. I think Arrow did a version of Suspiria. That sounds about right. And I did not hear any rave reviews on it. And I've just, I'm not really, I've, the few Arrow editions I have, some of them are really cool, but I'm just, for the overall price, I'm not pleased. Well, they are pricey over here. Uh, Arrow, when they release something, they have a lot, they have a lot of nice extras, uh, both physical extras like posters and, uh, like liner notes or, you know, little uh, booklets that just nobody does anymore. Yeah. Except maybe Criterion. Um, but yeah, every once in a while, they'll put out a substandard looking disc. And just maybe that's the best they can do at a time. I don't know. Yeah, I have to. You're completely correct on that because my Demons Arrow edition, I've got, I've got a ticket. I've got just a couple of really cool things that came with it. So it's just, I think that's it. I'm just not, the picture quality is not as good as it should be for the price you pay. And kicking it back to Synapse, they just released Demons 1 and 2 on Blu-ray, and they look amazing. Yeah, I'm going to end up buying those all over again for the third time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, as far as what I watched, it's uh, a whole lot of crap, actually, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good crap. I finally cracked open my uh, my Shout Factory two disc, uh, well, two movie on one disc, Red Brown Captain America movies. Woo! Yes. <laughs> I paid three dollars for it at Walmart, and it's one of the best three dollars ever spent. <laughs> I uh, still maintain that even though that movie's pretty bad, it's like one of the best Captain America movies. They <laughs> they are they are awfully good. I, yes, indeed. I give anything with Red Brown a pass though. Red Brown is like bacon; he makes anything. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the thing, uh, you know, Christopher Lee got us in the second movie, you know. Um, I watched the Poltergeist films, except for the remake or Redux in reverse for some reason. I watched three, I watched two, then I watched one. Because you wanted to end on a good note, I yeah, guess. Well, I, like, I love part two. It's just three is... Two is fine. It's it's not nearly as good as, as the first one, but it's okay. But 
three, I can't even watch that film. I can't I, do I've it. I've tried. I, I've can, I, I go about five, ten minutes, and I'm like, no. It's yeah, just, it's just long enough for me to remember why I don't watch it. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> well, three is a crap film, but in its slight defense, they do do some nice things in there with mirrors. They have this whole running motif of reflections, and some of the stuff in there is actually good. To have the whole rest of the movie around it, really, really hard to watch. I, I treat three like that 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 meal that your grandma made for you that wasn't very good, but you gotta you gotta you gotta finish it to to, to please your grandma, you know. And uh, so, so did your grandma make Poltergeist three? No, she did not. No, is that what she, you're saying? Oh, yeah, well, no, then who cares? No part of it. <laughs> It's a what are you trying to please? It's a metaphor, Jake. It's okay. It's all I'm saying. I've watched. I've watched. I'm first. just saying, if your grandma didn't make it, then you don't need to please anyone. I'm not putting myself through that shit. Poltergeist three is the bit that you sneak under the table for the dog to eat. <laughs> but two's great. You got ten bears doing Indian magic and shit. You got Julian Beck, who still scares the fuck out of me as Kane, and you know. Oh yeah. I, I love two. I love two. That is one creepy old dude. And um, if you're a big Twilight Zone fan, and I, I, that's a retrospective I can get into, just to see the downward spiral of that series. And you know, let's end on a down note. Let's talk about the, this this remake. No, I haven't seen it, but I don't hear wonderful things. But um, unfortunately, we did see it. Oh, okay. Well, just, some people like it, and I don't know why. I'm not one of them, but some people liked it. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'll, I'll automatically dislike it out of the box because I absolutely cannot stand remakes. There are a handful that actually, I, I will count, but the majority of them are just sh- terrible. I don't have an issue with remakes on the whole. I, I really don't. I mean, like, it doesn't bother me if you want to remake a film. If it's good, it's good. I don't care. But this one... And it's not even because it was a remake. I just, as a film, I just don't think it was very good. It was loaded with bad CGI. I didn't buy the family. The The dynamic was off. It just, to me, it just didn't sell as a family. And I couldn't get into that. Now, in contrast to that, I've talked to people who felt that I did a show about where we were talking about it or with someone who felt like, oh, they really believe the family. They love their whole dynamic. And like, well, I we obviously saw two different things here. We, we were looking at it through two different sets of eyes. And so I guess, you know, good for people if they're able to enjoy it. And I'm glad that they are. But I couldn't get I couldn't get into it. And it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a remake, even though Poltergeist is easily one of my top five films no question i absolutely love that film and i don't think it needed to be remade because i watch it all the time and to me it holds up extremely well i don't even it doesn't even feel like it could be improved on but even with all of that aside i just didn't feel like this remake was a solid film you know uh, on its own it just didn't sell for me well, when you're star of your film, Sam, who was, you know, Sam, what's his name, Sam um, Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Your main star of the film says, well, what do you think about the film, Sam? Well, it's in 3D, so there's that. Exactly. Right. You know, you you're know. in trouble then, you know. Which I, I wonder, and I said this, I wonder if, hmm? and I'm sorry. I, seeing that he's just not made, that was not a good film choice for him. It's a paycheck, you know. Well, yeah. Exactly it. Sometimes you just got to pay the rent. Much like Eric Roberts. But I do. I mean, he's better than that. And 
I think he knows he's better than that. <laughs> and with the with the preview with the trailers, because what's scarier, the fake looking CGI clown, or the one that looks like something that you had in your bad dream as a kid, that moved like something that you had in your bad dream as a kid. Yeah, the right. original movie it just packs so much more scares with mundane little things as opposed to having this big creepy CGI freaking clown. Yeah, that's true. Um, other stuff I've watched, I guess, uh, two films that probably would never probably get remade, at least correctly, one being The Manhattan Project. I, I had the urge to watch it, so I seeked out my DVD on my shelf, you know. So you, you take a film about a kid who, who steals plutonium from a high-security area to, to build a, a bomb for a science project. Uh, d- domestic terrorists of anyone, it, it'll, ne- it'll never happen again in a movie. I'm sorry, and that's why I love the movie so so much. You know, I say, but I love that movie. It is very good still. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I was forgetting a playlist again for you know, the magnificent montage and she's the closers playlist. So that should be out before this is out actually, because I'm just about done with it. And I put a track from Iron Eagle on there, and I had to watch Iron Eagle right after because that's a film that I love. You know, one of those coming on America films that you know it's just. Just splashes America all up in your face with uh, Chappie and kids flying jets and shit. And I'd, yeah, I enjoyed that movie a lot. If I flew a jet, it'd be, kind of, it'd be to give me some loving as well. That's all I'm saying. Just <laughs> k- killing bad guys, you know. And, oh, God. I, I got to meet Louis Gossett Jr. This is a weird story, you know, because I felt so awkward meeting Louis Gossett Jr. Because he's Louis Gossett Jr. I feel like he's my old, my old granddad because I, I called him Chappie from, from Jump Street, you know. I don't think he minded it too much, you know. <laughs> oh, that's one thing we watched. Uh, you said Jump Street. We actually watched 21 and 22 Jump Street. Yeah, I think I, I think we had watched 21 the last time I recorded this show. Okay, well, then um, we watched 22 Since Jump then, Street. we've watched 22. What did you think of this? Which was, I liked it. It was, those movies are fun. I am... They're so self-aware, but not in an. I don't think it's in an obnoxious way. I think it's just in a really funny way, and they're so packed full of little nods and in jokes, and then the kind that if you miss them, it's not really that big of a deal. But if you get them, you're just like, yeah. Uh, it just. I don't know. It was. It was really cute. I. I love the fact that they kept referring to the budget. It was like the budget for their operation, but. Really, it was like the budget for the movie. <laughs> so it was just, I don't know. I thought it was very cleverly written and a lot of fun to watch. And I really would, if they, you know, they joked around at the end of that movie and they got all the way to like, you know, 48 Jump Street or two. I don't even know. They, they went all, they, like, proposals for all these sequels uh, that were just ridiculous. But to be honest, if they kept going, I would probably keep watching because it's just, I love the chemistry of the two of them and even with ice cube, it was just, I don't know. I had a good time. Yeah. Those, those are a lot of fun. Uh, ice cube talking about his, his glass motherfucking office and shit that that was, uh, made, made me laugh, you know? Oh boy. My, my, my pick of the week, I guess. And this is destined for a direct to video connoisseur show. Jamie, I watched roadhouse Two again. Cause I watched it like 10 times, probably over the time it came out. If you haven't seen roadhouse Two, it, it features, um, Oh, I forget the guy's name. He played the lead singer in That Thing You Do, if you've seen that movie. And he plays Dalton's son, who's, you know, now the cleaner. And his his bad guy in this movie is not an, an old guy who has a lot of people. This, this this guy is played by 
a Taekwondo doing Jake Busey, who has a lot of people, and it has to be seen to believe. It's all I'm saying. Just watch, watch Roadhouse 2, because uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. I never even knew there was a Roadhouse 2. I loved the original one for all the wrong or maybe right reasons, but I didn't even know it had a sequel. Yeah, it's, it's something I enjoy, and I think it should be shared with people, so watch Roadhouse 2. Uh, Jamie, I'll start with you. you have any uh, beefs of the week for this week, girl? Uh, let me tell you. I am so sick of discourteous drivers that – and it, it's so funny because every time you ask me about this, something has just happened to piss me off, and I have something fresh in my mind. But in the last two days, I have been almost slammed into by people who like to go around you, like on the, the – you know, the, the shoulder. Mm-hmm you know, when they're not supposed to. And I'm so sick of that shit. Just wait your turn. What is wrong with people that they can't wait their turn and they have feel the need to go around you? And I'm and for some reason in the past two days it's like I've had this target on my back that says, you know, try to hit me. And it's just I don't know what it is. And especially in this town, I've never seen anything like it. And when I lived in Atlanta, Atlanta is notorious for really bad traffic. I mean, just notorious. Yet, no one ever managed to piss me off as much as the people in this much smaller town do. It, it is insane. So, there's that. Wait your damn turn. Wait your damn turn. Such a curmudgeon, I swear. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I'm so old and just... And get out of my yard while you're at it. <laughs> Suzanne, you know the you know the just here. We got any beefs the week, girl? <laughs> oh my God! People who do not control their children at the grocery store, especially <sighs> when it's crowded. It always goes back to the fucking grocery store when she does it. I'm sorry, you know I'm I'm tired. I'm trying to get my stuff. The grocery store is packed. I can't get past anybody in the aisle, and their stupid little asshole kids are sitting in the aisle with their toys all laid out. It's like a little Lego landmine, and I'm like, you know, and the parents are just pretty much have walked away and left the kids sitting there, and the ones that like to run into my legs, those are always fun, and then the little assholes that, like, ram the cart into the back of my legs, I'm over it. I swear, if I could hire somebody to shop for me, I would totally <laughs> do it. You know, I actually had, one time I was in the supermarket, and I had this kid who was completely loose from his parents just run smack i mean just come running out of nowhere and ran smack into my cart just head first into my cart i wasn't even moving he just ran into my cart and then he's like he kind of like like wobbles back a little bit and then he's holding his head and he's like eh. and i looked at him and i said well that's what you get <laughs> And just then his mom comes around the corner and I was just like, I don't even, I just walked off and, <laughs> and she's like, Oh, what's the matter? And I'm like, what's the matter is you have no idea where your kid is. And this kid is just running around, not paying attention to where he's going and he gets hurt. That's what's the matter. I didn't say that to her, but I probably should have. But, um, to the kid, I'm just like, well, that's what you get. And that's, it's true. I mean, watch where you're fucking going. 
uh, a while back when I was when I lived in Tennessee, it was the, the store was practically empty. But anyway, you know how they have those big bins that have the big bouncing rubber balls, and these two little asshole kids were pulling them out and throwing them around over the aisles. And one of them bounced off this. I swear to God, she had to be eighty off her head. It scared the shit out of her. I thought she was going to have a heart Aww. attack on the spot. I started screaming for the manager and I was pointing over at the little asshole kids. The manager shrugged his shoulders and walked away. Wow. Like, oh, wow. Nice way to rein in that situation. This once it, She was a little old lady. It could have given her a heart attack. And the manager shrugged and walked away. Nice job. Yeah, not to mention, what if they had knocked something off the shelf and that something landed on someone? You know, that, I mean, that really is the recipe for a disaster. And he could end up regretting ignoring that if it lands a lawsuit in his lap or in the lap of the store. Oh, absolutely. Apart from that, just be a human being and tell them to to be courteous of other people. Christ. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I think I'm done. I was gonna I was gonna preach on the evils of alcohol, but I think that's about null and void now since I'm having another beer. Brian, do you have any beefs of the week, sir? Yeah, they're not as a uh, real world as anything like that. But I, and maybe just because it happened to me three times this week, but I I really really hate uh, Facebook thread hijackers. Where <laughs> okay, um. I'm, I'm a writer, so a lot of my friends are writers. And if you're a writer, unless your name happens to be like Stephen King or Clive Barker or, you know, a John Grisham or whatever, you've got to promote yourself. That's the, the nature of the business. And that's fine. I do it all the time. I pimp my stuff everywhere I can, but with within limits. I don't do it on somebody's private property or, in this case, Facebook page. Um... I don't do it without asking. I don't just wait for something that vaguely resembles something I may be able to shoehorn an ad in. And these people who just, you could be talking about anything, and somebody, that reminds me of the book I wrote, blah, 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 blah. You can buy it here. And I'm like, that is is so (laughs) skeevy. I, I, I do it playfully sometimes. Well, if you like that show, listen to this show. Just just fucking around, you know, but... I never do it like like you're talking though. <laughs> well, well, if well, I, yeah, no, these people are serious and like huge capital letters. It reminds me because th- this is an actual, st- this is a real life thing, and he's referring to from yesterday. I think it was. It was like huge capital letters. That reminds me of this, or I wrote all about that in this book, and then huge capital letters, and then he linked to the book where you can buy the book. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> It's incredibly hard being a writer because everybody thinks they're a writer now. Yes. And you're, you know, you bust your ass trying to get mm. your out there. And if you have even some small modicum of success, some little, someone will try to attach to that. Well, that's exactly it. You know, it's, I'll announce something. A book of mine came out. You know, it's my Facebook page. I'm allowed to crow as loud as I want to about my stuff. And then somebody will attach something of theirs on it, and it's like, are you kidding me? I, I mean, first off, that just reeks of desperation. How would any why why would that entice anyone to look at whatever the hell you're hawking? Yeah, 
it's it's rude and and that's just it. The big thing is it's rude, and every time every single time it happens, it's automatic deletion, automatic boot them out of my Facebook universe. Absolutely, yep. you have to do that. I've I've had to boot people. I'm I've got a couple of things coming up, and as you said, I can crow as loud as I want, but don't start. I mean, if Ray Garten decides he wants to post something about his book on my Facebook page, he is more than welcome to. Joe Blow over here is not allowed to. And the thing is, I'm also, in at least I think so, I'm pretty generous about pimping other people's stuff. So just ask me. You know, that's all you had to do was go, hey, man, do you mind if I blah, 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 blah. And yeah. nine times out of ten, be like, yeah, sure, go ahead. But the fact that you can't even be bothered to do that, that you think you're getting something over, screw you. Or yeah. that just, or they don't even think of it in those terms. They're just, they're just so blind to the fact that that is not okay. Then <laughs> they don't even consider that. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, they don't even realize that what they're doing is a shitty thing to do. You know, I mean, I have seen happy birthday posts I was get just hijacked. <laughs> you know, I'm like. Get the fuck out of here, you know, <laughs> or like that one guy that you had, he was, he was on your friends list. He befriended me the first thing. And I accepted him because he was a friend of Brian's and he was also an author. And I said, okay, the first thing he did, he didn't even speak to me, nothing. The first thing he did when he became my friend on Facebook was post about his book on my Facebook timeline. That's it. And I'm like that seriously, that's, oh, okay. So you're gone. That's, that's just, wow. Like, you don't even take the time to even pretend like you're interested in anything that I have to say or, in, or or interested in anything that I do, but you just wanted to be friends with me so you would have somewhere else to pimp your wares. Well, it's not working. That's not how it works here. You're not doing it. So yeah. you're gone. So, uh, so people out there listening, if you're an author, an artist – a musician, game designer, whatever, whatever you do, I know it's hard and you need people to know about your stuff and you want people to experience it, listen to it, read it, whatever. Just have some common sense. Don't be a jerk off. You know, just would you want somebody doing that to whatever the hell you've got going on? No. Common courtesy. And nobody Those wants your f- nobody wants your fucking Ray-Ban sunglasses either. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and in the podcast world, we all pimp each other's stuff. I mean, that's just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've, I love that we do that, you know, and we all like, hey, if there's a new episode of the podcast under the stairs, post that link on my liking it page. That is fine. You know, we all do that for each other. We all care about each other. We all know each other. And, you know, we run each other's ads. You know, that's that is totally fine. But that's if awesome. I don't. That's totally different because, yeah, you guys are all helping each other out. Right. It's understood. Packing of the news feeds. Don't. But I had, um, there was a guy who uh, joined several podcast pages and he, <laughs> he never contributes to any of the podcast pages. He never gets involved with the discussion. He never does anything else. The only thing he does is pimp this show that is not in any way related to any of our other shows. And he actually said the words. Oh, yeah. If, you want, <laughs> if you want to hear a real horror podcast, listen to this show. Oh, and my then God. he linked his show. What and I was... 
infuriated because one thing we never do is run run our colleagues down. There's no reason to do that. If you have a quality show, you don't need to run down your colleagues. There's no reason for that. And especially on their page. Oh my God. And I was just floored. Oh, please tell me he was banned immediately. Uh, yeah, he was. He never actually, I actually saw that on a page that I am, that I have no, I, I have no control over that page. But after that, he attempted to join my page and I flat never let him join. I'm like, no, I've seen what you do. You're not coming over here. This isn't happening. Oh, man. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> oh, I guess yeah. uh, my, my beep of the week is uh, to deal with death and assholes. Um, I'm, I'm losing all my heroes too soon. I guess that's that's a beef. You know, we, we, you mentioned Roddy Piper earlier. We lost him a couple months back. We lost Dusty Rhodes. Now Jimmy Snook has got stomach cancer. I'm like, oh my god, it's, this is this is too much on my soul. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, a mo- moment of silence or whatnot. You know, that, that that's that's it was rough. When I found out the hot rod died, I was like, no, this is a guy I've met like five times and he was different every time and he was generous and a loving guy and somebody who loved life every time. And it really, it really hurt my feelings. You know, like I would be cancer three times and died of a heart attack. That's, that's a, uh, that's, that's tough for a guy like myself to deal with. That's a, it's a, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm more than like, like I was for the macho man. See. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think I mourned for Macho Man for like two years because he was local, you know, so. Yeah. And how sad is this? Uh, when I found out about Piper dying, uh, me and a friend were, uh, we had just gone to see a movie with two of his coworkers who are uh, quite a bit younger than us. Then we were at a pizza joint when we heard, and I'm like, oh, man. And he's like, yeah, chances are these guys, they don't even know who that is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, get the hell out. Everybody knows who he is. Come on. We go to ask him, hey, do you know? Nope. <laughs> Who? And that bummed me out. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so let me show you some YouTube videos and let me show you why you should know who he is. Well, he tells me that. And I'm like, well, did I was like, well, ask him about They Live. Surely they've seen They Live. And he's like, That's, no, we did that. Yeah. They haven't seen that either. <laughs> like, well, fuck. And that really bummed me out. And I'm like, come on. Yeah, this generation really just doesn't know what they have missed. No, you are right. 100%. We got, we got Piper and Dusty, who are two of the best talkers in the business, and, and, and they remain that way for plenty of years, you know, until to, to they're passing, of course. And, you know, that, that, that it, they, they weren't the most talented guys in the world. I mean, Dusty was overweight. He, he did a lot, of, a lot of swagger. He did a lot, a lot of talk, and that's what made him so charismatic. But it, that made you, made you cheer for these guys who you love, and, you know, and it's, it's always rough to lose people. And, yeah. Piper hit me hard, so I thought I'd bring that up for, uh, he's beeping on my feelings, is all I'm saying, you know. I like, uh, like, like, um, like I tell Jamie, he's making feel man feelings, and, uh, that's, that's kind of rough <laughs> sometimes, you know. <laughs> well, I'm really sad to hear about Jimmy Snook, uh, the very first wrestling match I ever went to, and I was, I was young, I was like maybe nine or ten, and I saw, I saw Jimmy wrestle. Cool. I'd never seen him myself, unless he was older. This is like '90s Snooker, so he was uh, he was up there in age. He was almost done wrestling, you know. Uh, but that bloodline runs pretty deep, so he's got lots of lots of family holding holding the line for him. Um, second beef I said, I said assholes would be um, just just the racist cocksuckers that are in the media as, as of right now. You know, I, I mentioned wrestlers Hulk Hogan, who is a guy who I love. I, I can't I can't not be a Hulkamaniac, but he put his foot in his mouth real bad, and you know, I, I can't feel bad for the guy. Uh, another one would be, 
I, I never trusted a woman n- named Kelly Courtney or Chloe. And Kelly Osborne said some shit this week about, you know, if we didn't have Mexicans who would clean our toilets, that would like slap her in the face or the TV. Oh. <laughs> It's like you privilege. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, it's just what she said about the the Trump thing, and all of a sudden she put her two cents in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was was a really shitty thing to say. Oh wait, that was a bad pun. Oh, Um, but a bump. I didn't even realize that until it came out. But yeah, that was a horrible thing to say. I don't have any beeps about stores or uh or uh traffic or anything like that. But here, here's a little side. One of my favorite things to do, and you guys will probably enjoy this, is just. Sitting at the counter at Target, like where the food st- food section is, you know, and just watching the kids disappointed at Christmas time. Like, yep, you didn't get what you wanted. Yep, you didn't get what you wanted. That's disappointment, kids. Learn that shit, you know. <laughs> Never had the joy of a welfare Christmas, I see. See, so just go go sit down somewhere, children. Come on now. Oh. But, yeah, that's about it for my beefs and everybody else's beefs. So there's some, some good beefs in there. We'll get to uh, tonight's features. Which consists of three uh, Kiss-centric films. Uh, the band Kiss is the star of all these films. Uh, we're going to do Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park first. We'll do Detroit Rock City after. And the brand new Scooby-Doo and Kiss rock and roll mystery. <laughs> yeah, I said we're going to do it, guys, and here it comes. <laughs> but um, we'll start first. I don't have much of a trailer for this film, so listen to this now for Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park from 1978. <laughs> Kiss Meets the Phantom. Kiss Meets the Phantom Park, or Attack of the Phantoms, it has a couple different names. Uh, it's from 1978. It was a TV movie for NBC. Uh, basic plot synopsis is this. Kiss is going to come pay a play a three-day stint at Magic Mountain, but it is being um, sabotaged by, a, I guess, like a controller-type guy who, who makes robots and shit. So Kiss has to come in and um, save the day from his horde of... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get into this. Yeah, of, of baddies, I guess, that he made himself. Uh, this is like the second time I've always seen this film. And um, I'll get into somebody else who might have seen a lot more. Suzanne, what are your thoughts and feelings on Kiss Me, Spam of the Park? Okay, this might get a little long-winded, so I'm going to apologize up front. I have been a Kiss fan since I can't even remember when i was very very young when this it was a when this came on tv made for tv my face was probably three inches away from the television screen watching this i it's it's cheesy now but the thing about it kiss was such a phenomenon in the 70s and every single bit of that movie played to that phenomenon 
And one thing, I don't know if anybody else noticed, one of the security guards, a very young Brian James. No, I know the actor, but I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he was one of the, the, the goofy security guards. I will say I felt there were a few things, because I watched it twice in the past couple of days, just, you know, to relive a little bit of that nostalgia. And I just, there are certain things I actually have to admit started to annoy me. And I, I, it, it pains me to even bring them up. Gene growling like a lion, that that kind of irritated me. And Ace barking. Yeah. <laughs> what was up with that? I'm not sure. It's it's, it's, can, it's campy as hell though, and I I, I, I liked it. So, yeah. And you know another thing about it, the the mad scientist. It, I mean that you know watching it again, and I haven't watched it in several years. I'll be honest, I haven't. But the mad scientist, I, for a while, all I could see was the Stepford Wives. Yep. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's it's a popcorn movie. It's a lot of fun. It's playing to kiss at the height of their popularity. And I, I still really enjoy it, even for those little things that kind of annoyed me a little bit. Okay. Uh, Brian, uh, first guest of the show. Uh, what did you think about it, sir? Sadly, Jamie and I did not get around to watching this one. Uh, I have to take full credit for that. Uh, rather full. I fucked up. I, I didn't. I, I didn't realize it was in two parts. And I only got the second part and didn't realize it. I mean, my schedule was super tight today. We were out all day. And I was planning on watching that before the show. When I came back, we plopped down to watch it. Suddenly, it's the second half of the movie. And I was like, what the hell? And that time I had another show to do at eight. I didn't have time to get the first part. So, so sorry. But that is completely my fault. Totally on my head. You guys watched the good part of the film, in my opinion. So just just let us know uh, what you guys thought about that. Unless you guys were totally confused. Yeah, well, well I, I mean, Kiss is oh. very, really in the first part of it too much anyway. Well, we didn't actually watch this. When I realized it was the second part, I didn't want to jump in in the middle. So... We didn't even watch that part. Oh, okay. It was just—it was just kind of the whole experience was just kind of ruined. And I have been trying to watch this movie for about a decade. Um, I love Kiss, I do, and I have been dying to watch this movie forever. And I had it reserved on Netflix for the longest time, and it just—it was one of those things that it kept telling me, like it was back when Netflix was doing discs. I mean, they still do discs, back, but back when I was doing discs on Netflix, and they kept telling me, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, so it was on my reserved list for a bunch of years. Never got to see it. And there's about three different instances in which I have been almost able to watch this movie, and it never happened. Like, it just, it something always happens. It's like it's cursed or something. And so that was like, all right, I'm going to get to watch this now. And I didn't. I still haven't. So sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I swear it's a curse. <laughs> it sounds like it. What did you guys think of the parts you guys saw, though, the, the, the first half of it? What? Well, I have seen clips from it. And, uh, whew, there's a reason Kiss uh, is a band that sings and not a group of actors. Well, uh, I, I can't say that because Gene Simmons is in stuff I enjoy. So, but the other ones, yeah, I can see what you're talking about. 
Oh, I mean, just uh, there's there's an amazing scene that I always remember. It's uh, so what do you make of this so far, Space Ace? I don't know, Star Child. Not insuff. What is it? In insufficient data or just something like that. Yes. And, oh, it's it's roll on the ground bad. It, it is bad. Yeah. Yeah, the the dialogue is absolutely horrendous. I mean, I, I, half the movie is filler. Oh yeah, and definitely. I think really, what more can what more do you expect? To be honest, from because that's not why people were watching this movie. You no, know? that's that's not at all why people were tuning into this movie. <laughs> they weren't expecting an amazing plot I, I, or anything. They were watching it for Kiss, and as long as you get Kiss, then I guess that's what more could you ask for? Oh, I treat it like Rock Roll High School in a way because you know you got Rock Roll High School, you have the Ramones in that movie. Which is basically yeah, a film made to showcase the Ramones. So you got Ramones performances in there. They show up in PJ's bedroom doing stuff. And, you know, they're all over the film, you know. So essentially this is Kiss trying to be the stars of this film, you know. And they're they're successful in a, in a 78, 1978 campy kind of way. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to say that fell flat. It's just, you know, it's it's not... It's because the other films we watched for this show by any slight in any way. But um, for right yeah. now, let me hold off show for a second here. Uh, Nudie has been joined the call, <laughs> finally. Hey, everybody. How you doing, sir? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, I've been busy, but I'm here. How's everybody doing? Great. Fine. What is your thoughts on Kiss Meets the Family of the Park, Nudie? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was camped by that TV waiting for this sucker to come on. And as a kid, of course, I loved it. I was a huge Kiss fan growing up. Still am. I mean, but I was, I am now, what, 45 years old, and I f- saw my first Kiss concert at 45 years old. So, <laughs> but that was a life changing thing is in itself. Uh, yeah, what you guys said, this movie is nothing but camp and garbage. It is a shitty movie, but it is Kiss, and it is kind of fun. Oh, my, my favorite scene in the entire film is still Kiss, and well, besides the, the concert performances are top notch. Although the yeah. the sink the lip syncing is off, you could tell in a lot of parts. <laughs> but I was fine with that because they're just doing their theatrics or whatnot. When <laughs> they're walking on the waterfalls. <laughs> yes, indeed, when they're walking on the waterfalls. But the part where they're inside of the the roller coaster, fighting those wolfmen slash putty patrol people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys gotta watch this one, guys, <laughs> just to see that. Yeah, my favorite scene, and it's it's like it's almost not there. When the mechanical gene goes and beats the crap out of Brian James, the security guard, and they're sitting around the pool in those robes. <laughs> oh, God. Gene is growling like a lion. Ace is barking. I think Paul is the only one that could actually speak in that scene. I, I loved it, and I was laughing at it. All at the same time. Yeah, they're in like lifeguard chairs too. <laughs> like all six foot chairs. Oh, I know, but it was like there, there was just something about it. Just they're they're in the robes. There, it's like the <laughs> the group comes in and Kiss is looking down at them like they're sitting on these thrones like gods. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Stepford Wives, Suzanne. This felt more to me like like tourist trap in a lot of ways. You know, like. Or even like even even a Westworld because he was just trying to like replace folks with robots. So you know, yeah. it was kind of like a half medium between 
I would never compare these films to Westworld or Tourist Trap. Yeah, Trends. thank you. <laughs> but uh, it felt like a happy medium, like between the two. Like, you know, the, like you just got the scientist who just hates Kiss for no good reason. And Kiss having these, like, superpowers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got, you know, I got, uh, what do you call it? The Star, Star Man. Child. Star Child's fucking, like, I could see everything I and... He got he's eight. throwing lightning bolts. He's throwing lightning bolts, yes, indeed. You know. And, and what did... Oh, Peter grew claws and whatever. I, I will say I love Peter's fuzzy boots. <laughs> the, the the furry boots were spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it's it was definitely, like I said, it was a tribute to Kiss in their heyday. I mean, they were at the pinnacle when that movie was made. Yep. And it, I think Nudie and I are showing our age because I was camped out in front of my TV, too. Oh, God, I, I couldn't wait. <laughs> I know. I was, I was like, is it Friday yet? Is it Friday yet? <laughs> Friday night at the movies. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, this 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 has enough in it to, to suck you in. I think for the camp factor alone, just to oh, watch yeah. a, a really silly movie about this silly band who's made for theatrics. That's their whole their whole shtick. It's theatrics on stage. Where if you go listen to the Kiss albums, it's it's not like you're getting the experience you would if you went to go see them in concert with all the explosions and the you know. Gene breathing fire and stuff like that, and it's 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 there. I'm I'm not like I'm not trying to kiss their ass or like raise their banner. Like my my friend, my friend and his mother are giant kiss fans. They go on the cruise every year. They are insanely crazy, crazy chasing the kiss band members fans. So they they love them. They love them to death. But they they would probably know better than I would about all this stuff. And I wish they were here. But my friend unfortunately is in the air force in in Alaska, so he's uh serving his country or whatnot. So. <laughs> Well, like she said, it's it has the early appearance of um, oh, fuck, I forget his name now, but the security guard, James. Brian James, and uh, the guy who plays Chopper, he's like a character actor in a ton of shit, and oh. uh, Anthony Zerby, of course, John Dennis Johnson is his name, but he's like was in Close Encounters, and he's been in like so many things. So yeah. it's not like that movie didn't draw actors, you know? It had some pretty had decent some, actors in it. Some actors, a- actor yeah. G. Gene Simmons. <laughs> that, that, that's a show in itself. Runaway, uh, Wanted Dead or Alive, and um, what's it? What's Never it? Too Young to Die. Never Too Young Never to Die. That's a show. That's a hermaphrodite. That's a show right there. Right Do there not forget. Yeah, don't forget his turn in Never Too Young to Die, which is amazing. And I love him in Trick or Treat. I mean, Trick or I Treat, love- yeah. I love seeing favorite movies. Trick or treat is awesome. I love seeing Gene Simmons in things, but I still cannot. I he still can't act. Like I, it doesn't doesn't detract from my loving to see him, but it's just because of who he is and like his personality that spills out. Not because he's like such a a gifted thespian, but um. (laughs) Seriously, his role in Never Too Young to Die is one of my favorite things ever. I <laughs> that like header that he takes off the bridge is is, is just astounding. Um, and then the whole movie Trick or Treat that's just way under way underrated. Why doesn't anyone talk about that movie anymore? Oh, I talk the about movies. it plenty. Yeah, that movie's uh, fantastic. Um, uh, I could probably start reciting the script for you. I've got the soundtrack. It's oh, yeah, we are big bad. into that movie in this household. Um. It's a, it's an important thing. <laughs> it's really, it's a, it's a required viewing. Oh, what's you know? I'm gonna what, to grocery I'm gonna have to put tear down the walls on my MP3 player. 
Oh, once you love to discuss, and it, it, we, we talk about like these rock and roll type horror films, is the scene where the mechan- mechanical kiss goes on stage and they do that that rendition of God of Thunder, but they change the lyrics. That wasn't yeah. God of Thunder. I wasn't God Punch, of Thunder. Kick, destroy. Some shit like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would expect them to go out black roses on us and turn the little goblins and shit, you know. <laughs> oh my god. But um, yeah, the film as a whole, it's 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 there. If you haven't seen it, you you can actually find a, a really awesome looking copy if you went and bought the the Kistery um I think it's called Kistery Volume Two DVDs. It's it's on there as like an extra if you want to watch the film and not look really crappy. So if you're a kid, you want to find out about anything about Kiss. Those are like a big old encyclopedia of Kiss. From the... Did you go, did you guys do any trivia of this yet? No, we did not do any trivia. Oh, listen to this. Lay, lay it on us. <laughs> Peter Chris, his voice was dubbed for most of it because he wouldn't do looping. <laughs> <laughs> so they had a, a voiceover artist who did a lot of work for Hanna Barbera do his voice. So that makes sense why he's always going ah, ah, most of it. Oh, that was Ace actually, but that was Ace was the the one who was yeah. barking. And Paul Stanley said in behind the music that Ace would hardly show up for shooting, so he had a stunt double, an African American acting <laughs> in a lot of the fight scenes, <laughs> doing all those backflips and shit. Oh my oh. lord. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. <laughs> God. Yeah, I'd like to mention that two of these films on the, the show today were done by Hanna-Barbera, so you're welcome. That's all I'm saying, you know. <laughs> oh. Apparently Hanna-Barbera are Kiss, is our, uh, Kiss fans as well. Um, I, have, I do have a Kiss story, however. Um, when I was in school, <laughs> I got put in detention for talking about Kiss. Nice. With uh, the little boy who was sitting next to me. I was in the second grade and we were talking about Kiss and it, it just, and they were like, oh, devil me. Well, I should also mention at the time that it was a Christian school that I was going to. <laughs> and as soon as they heard the word come out of our mouths, they made us write on the chalkboard, I will not listen to Kiss. <laughs> and then we were held in detention. <laughs> like that is some shit right there. <laughs> That's funny. But um yeah, as far as our incompletes, you know, um we're gonna give some ratings now, I guess. They they can give ratings if they'd like to for what they have seen. Uh Jane, we'll start with you, I guess, if you can give a rating for what you've seen. I can, uh, not really enough to okay. give a rating. But I mean honestly, if it's got kiss in it, then it's gotta have it. That's got to have some schlock value if nothing else. So I I'm sure I'm going to have to recommend it. Okay. Uh, Suzanne. Okay. I'm, I Honestly, I'm going to go for an eight straight off the schlockometer. <laughs> it's fun. It's a popcorn movie. Oh, definitely is that. Uh, Brian, can you, can you give any kind of rating? I'll give it a, uh, eventually I do want to see it. I, I've been dancing around it for years. I thought we had finally sit down and watch it, and then, you know, fate uh, conspired against us. But, uh, like I said, I've seen snippets about it. Um, I've seen it mentioned in several various rock docs. It seems like a stupid good time, so I'm all for stupid good times. Yeah, that it is. Uh, Nudie. Oh, yeah, definitely a recommend to watch for sure. And I got it. Yeah, it's a <laughs> for me... Nostalgia and everything else, it's at least an eight. <laughs> it's, it's not a great movie, but it's so much fun to watch. Um, Yeah, there's enough there for me to like it. And it's definitely not middle of the road. 
but I'll give it like a six because of the great concert performances and you know the the just the fun the fun factor of it is is crazy you know mad scientist and kiss <laughs> fighting wolf, wolfman putty people and you know it, it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, but with that, we'll move on to something that we all watched and I think we all enjoyed more. I I, I would hope so. With our next review would be uh, Detroit Rock City right after this.
In 1978, when disco was on top, these guys partied to a different beat. Don't you know what KISS stands for? Knights in Satan's service. We just watched Jam's mom torch our KISS tickets. Nobody's missing that concert tomorrow night. We're not stealing my mom's car. Damn right we are. The night is young, filled with possibilities. Beth? Yes? Oh! Hey, you little twerps. Give me a KISS ticket or I'll pop your faces in. KISS! <laughs> You're the coolest. Detroit Rock City. It's a girl walking along the side of the highway. We should pull over and help her out. I mean, they, they make scary movies that start out like that. Hey, but, but they make porno movies that start out like that too, man. Detroit Rock City, about four gentlemen who... Our KISS fans, who have a KISS tribute band, who want to go see KISS in Detroit, but are always get hit by opposing forces, including one Lynn Shea, you know, who's very excellent <laughs> in this movie. Um, so this is about, basically about their adventure of getting to where they're going and eventually getting to where they're going. So uh, um, I'll start with you. New to you, you first time you saw this one. So what did you think about it, sir? Oh, well, like, I had seen bits and pieces through the years, but I never, for some reason, I don't even know why, God, God, kill me now, but I never saw the whole thing. So I watched it yesterday for the show, and this movie's unbelievable. It's like one of the best comedies out there. I don't know how I did not ever sit and watch this whole movie. It's so funny, the things that they go through to, to, to go see Kiss, and it's probably a lot of people did that in their lives just to see Kiss. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Brian? It's Porky's with a kiss theme. Uh, I'll give you that, of, yes. A bunch of <laughs> dumb guys getting together. They have their heart set in seeing a concert, and thing after thing after thing keeps getting thrown in their way, and they're going to overcome it, damn it. And, you know, <laughs> hell or high water, they're going to see their kiss show. Um, I love that it's set in the 70s. I love that it's set in Detroit. Oh, yeah, representing the D. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love the music in it. Not only just the Kiss songs, but the whole soundtrack is just oh, awesome. Definitely. That's right in my wheelhouse. Um, I I like the the stupid uh, kind of stoner, gross out comedy at times. Um, again, if you're like if you like that sort of a Porky's type mentality of comedy, and you really should because it's awesome. And you want to see a little bit less sex, but a whole lot more music, you know, give it a shot. And if you're a Kiss fan, then this this is a must. You can really tell that the writer, director, um, they have a shrine to Kiss. And uh, you, you can definitely tell they were part of and probably still are part of the Kiss army. So if you are too, this is a must. I mean, chances are you've already seen it. But if you've missed it, you got to give it a watch. Uh, Suzanne, go right on the, right on the bend here. Yeah, I'm pretty much going to reiterate a lot of what Brian said. On top of the Kiss music, the soundtrack was amazing. And on the Cameo watch, um, thought it was absolutely hilarious to see Ron Jeremy at the strip club. Yes. <laughs> 
I enjoyed it. I've done, I haven't gone to that extent, but ran into some obstacles going to a Motley Cruise show. So I, I totally got that vibe completely. Just fun, a fun movie. And I like the fact that it had a happy ending. But yeah, it is pretty much Porky's, great music, not as much sex. But, you know, it, it's it's a must-see for any Kiss fan. Duh, Jamie. Well, I mean, all of that. <laughs> the performances were really good. I mean, Lynn Shay shined in this. Uh, but the, the four guys were all great. And these are some of them people that you've seen before and even a similar kind. I actually had to double check and see if any of these um, – if the director was was working on uh, not another teen movie, because there were a couple of very similar jokes in that film and actors too, which Ben it turns out he he didn't. But I I was like wow. Uh, but anyway, the the this is a film that you've pretty much seen before as far as the theme goes. It's just basically kids trying to do something and things keep getting in their way. But what I love about this one is how well-constructed it was. I think that um, a lot of times when you have a movie like that, you're going to hit uh, a certain point, like in the middle of the film, where you get kind of tired of it, or maybe the, it just the joke gets old. And in this film, that just didn't happen for me. I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was hilarious. And I really love the way it wraps up at the end, and they do end up going to the concert, which you know, of course, they're going to. But the way that it comes back around and all fits together uh, and the way they get their tickets, I thought was brilliant. And I was so just happy for them. I was like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was so stupid. I was so into it. But uh, again, the soundtrack is just unbelievable. Uh, I can't. I, if you haven't seen this movie, I didn't. I don't even stop what you're doing and watch this movie. It's great. And I saw that there is a Detroit metal city that came out in 2008. I have heard nothing about that. And if anyone knows anything about that, tell me about it. Because now I'm like, if, seriously? Because I have to see that movie. Because, um, you know, why not? I mean, it's Detroit and it's metal. So done um but i had i had never heard any i mean have any of you guys heard of that no 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 see i didn't have heard i didn't even know it existed until i started looking up about this movie and then i saw that that movie came out in 2008 i don't know anybody who's in it i know that gene simmons is in it um but other than that i know nothing so i'm actually gonna go dig into that and see if i can find out more about it but anyway this was a blast it was super fun if you're a kiss fan then you've probably already seen it if you haven't then you should um if you're hell if you're just a music fan i mean or if you live in detroit what the I mean, there's just there's no reason not to i can't think of anyone who shouldn't see this movie Oh, I, I, I got maybe super religious moms I got, who don't I got, want their kids to watch Kiss. I gotta ask, Jamie, did did you get excited when the David Naughton song came on? <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> did you think about me when? <laughs> no, it, I, I remember being in the movie when it, it did hurt my choice for what to do for this show. But you know, I had to ask. Did you get excited when the David Naughton song came on because you know. It's a catchy fucking song. It's just, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the naked man stole my balloons guy sang it, you know. Yeah, but I love David Naughton. 
He, he is a pepper. Come on now. He is a pepper. Wouldn't you want to be a pepper too? Sometimes. I did. He made me want to be a pepper. <laughs> Not I didn't even know what the hell that meant, but I wanted to be one. <laughs> but as far as I go, yeah, I mirror a lot of you guys say I did. I do own the soundtrack on CD, and besides the Everclear killing uh, Thin Lizzy's, the boys are back in town. I like pretty much the whole thing past that. I think there's a Marilyn Manson cover of Highway to Hell on there. That's not included in the movie, but it's on the, the CD soundtrack. I love their attention to detail as far as the 70s go. You could look at, like, especially the the the, the, the scene where uh, James DeBello's character, who you see in Cabin Fever, along with Giuseppe Andrews, they, they, he goes into the convenience store. You see all the stuff on the shelf is 70s appropriate, right down to the cupcakes, the hostess cupcakes and the blow pops and the, the Hustler magazines on the shelf. You see everything is, is, is uh, time appropriate. That's got to be rough to do, rough to get all together, you know. Well, and you know me. You know when I watch top period movies that I pay attention to that shit. I'm looking at everything. Um, I just got made fun of recently for Goddamn wall treatments. But, <laughs> but I pay attention. <laughs> and because uh, it, it, it means a lot to me if a filmmaker takes the time to really put that much effort into trying to make something accurate for a time period, that that gives him extra points with me. It means a lot. So, yeah, I was paying attention to this. I thought it was great. My favorite joke in this movie is when the Volvo got stolen, and they're like, we need to call the police. And he's like, you really think the Detroit police are going to give a damn about a Swedish car being stolen? And in 1978, you know what? That was true. <laughs> they would have been like, fuck you, you deserve it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, your four core actors couldn't have worked well well together than you'd have ever hoped, because, you know, this is a time where Edward Furlong was still relevant. <laughs> it's true. There was a time where he was a very likable person on screen. This movie, I, lo- I love Pecker. I, lo- I love American History X. I- I'm a I'm a closet fan of a home of our own. My mom loves it. My mom loves that movie. So I watched it a lot. You know. Just, hey, don't forget Brain Scan. Brain Brain Scan is delightful as well, but not because of him, because of T. Ryder yeah. Smith. You know, <laughs> the the bad guy in the movie is amazing. But um, yeah, he was relevant back here, so this is it's always fun to watch him in his his heyday or whatnot, where he's not screaming out the back of a motorcycle doing stupid stuff, and you know. <laughs> I love Terminator 2, but that scream needs to go somewhere, okay? Um, yeah, Lynn, Lynn Shay is, is on point in this movie. I love how she refers to the Satanic Kiss music and the dope. She calls it the dope. <laughs> the dope. Which must be some really good dope if she's calling it the dope. Um, every, everything about her, I, I love I love the, the references. You know, the, um, Natasha Leone's name is Christine, the Christine 16. You'll see it all over those other movies, too, but still... Uh, the girl that um, Jam uh, was going after, her name was Beth, you know, and I had sex in a confessional booth, Lord have mercy. I love that shit, you know. Just talking to that, the, 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 the per- pervy-ass fucking clergy, you know, wanting to know what kind of underwear she was wearing and shit. And... <laughs> oh, th- yeah. There's so many great, great, like, one-off scenes in this movie, and a couple of them involved the clergy. <laughs> when... When Natasha Leone's character said, uh, "Kiss, Kiss is gonna make a disco song." <laughs> oh yes, so they did. <laughs> oh, and that was did. so great. <laughs> oh come on, I like Dynasty. I still have, I think I still have my LP of Dynasty. I'm not, I'm not hating on it. I, I love, I love that one song. I, it was just a great joke about no, and I do, I do love it. But it was that was great. 
But Especially uh, since we had we had watched when we watched the other movie, the Scooby Doo movie, Brian made a joke about disco, and um and we we laughed. And then after that, we watched this one, and then they made that joke, and it just made it that much funnier. <laughs> and uh, anything Shan Tweed shows up is a better movie to me because uh, she was high of my man. How do I put this without sounding too gross? <laughs> She was, spank she was high of my spank bank for the longest time. Yes, indeed. And she's still pretty foxy to me nowadays, too. You know, yep. even with all the plastic surgery. But I'm, I'm, they're her. She paid for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm all good with that, you know. All she had to do was wiggle her big toe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll go around here. Uh, Jamie, what, what scene stood out for you, girl? Oh, man. Um, hmm. I love the oh, there's a lot. I love the pizza scene where they send the, the, the uh, pizza to the priest and and he's just like he's <laughs> talking to the nun. He's like, "What are you waiting for a bus?" <laughs> that was great. Um, they were they were breaking him, uh, breaking jam out of school. I love oh man, I love the our like I said earlier when the car gets stolen. That little joke there, I. Even I love the highway scene with the Guidos. Oh yeah. Except for the pizza part where oh. they're like rubbing his head in the pizza, and then after that, for like the next ten minutes of the movie, Edward Furlong has chunks of pizza in his hair. That every time I looked at him, it made me want to vomit. <laughs> Other than that, I thought that scene was really funny. Um, that portrait. You know, even the I, very I, beginning I, of it, I thought was hilarious when Len Shay. Uh, we, get, we go through that whole sequence of her planning to listen to her Carpenter's album only to put it on and have her ears blown out by Kiss. And she's tearing her house apart trying to get the song to stop. And oh the next God. thing you know, she goes tearing up to where he is and just drags him home basically by his ear screaming at him. So right then, she showed us everything we needed to know about her character, and it was amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that, that scene with, with, with the Guidos, I, I, I wept a little bit when that Trans Am went in the water. I was like, man... Tear. There's just a little tear coming down because that's the Guido's had a nice car, people. That's all I'm saying. You know, uh, Suzanne, what's your uh, any standout scenes for you, girl? Um, actually, the beginning is my favorite because it reminds me of my dad. My dad hated what I listened to, he would always just, Why can't you listen to anything nice? But I could see my dad just freaking out if he had pulled out one of his Johnny Cash records and found Destroyer in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that scene where she's slamming on the stereo reminds <laughs> me of that scene in Trick or Treat where the mother stereo comes on when she goes to pick up the laundry in his room and she just can't get it to turn off and that, that scene reminded me of that. And Oh, it all, it, I had a little incident in my car. I was uh, I, I was I was on the highway. I and had the radio on, and uh, Bon Jovi came on. Ugh. I was trying to turn the channel, and I couldn't do it, so I'm pounding on the power button, and the power button popped off. I had to pull over someplace, dig out a pair of pliers, and turn the fucking <laughs> thing off. Oh, my God. You don't like purple spandex, huh? I can't stand Bon Jovi. <laughs> I hate Bon Jovi. Oh, any other scenes that stood out to you, girl? No, that was pretty much, that was my favorite. And I have to admit, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the club. I I was, I had to do a double take the first time I saw it when I saw Ron Jeremy. And what? Just making dick jokes on stage, you know? Yeah. Something about it, and that's just a swallow or some shit like that, he says, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Mr. Sevens, what about you, sir? 
oh, there's a bunch that's already been picked. But uh, two that stand out for me. Uh, I like it when Trip tries to mug the kid for his kiss ticket. And then they bring in, what what was his name? Chaco? Chungo? Ch- something? Chongo. Chongo? Something like that. <laughs> just some big monster meathead comes up and just to see Trip melt away. Um, oh, please don't beat me. I thought that was good. <laughs> and uh, I got to admit the scene with, you know, Eddie Furlong getting picked up by Shannon Tweed just because, dear God, I would love to have been him. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun, you know. Oh God, fun with Shannon Tweed. Oh, <laughs> just thinking about it now makes makes me happy. See, it's all it's all. And then getting paid on top of that, police. <laughs> yes, indeed. Be the whore to Shannon Tweed. Done, <laughs> uh, Mr. Nudie. Well, she wasn't paying that. him for the lovemaking. No, I I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't care why. Just <laughs> <laughs> when he puked so long that he filled up a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for them to serve that to someone. <laughs> uh, but I liked when the way Lex snuck backstage and he was trying to avoid those security guards that were chasing him around. And he drops the drum and it goes rolling down and catches stuff on fire. And then he like thinks he's going to get eaten by the dogs. And then the little beagle comes around the corner and they just want to play fetch. <laughs> shit was hilarious. I mean, I like the other shit that everybody else mentioned. So I had to, think up of something else too but that was kind of funny he's like oh, i'm about to be eaten by the dogs and then a little beagle comes with the frisbee <laughs> and oh. then he sees the girl of course what one character that we mentioned that i love this movie was just this big old pervy mutant like the, the security guard elvis oh yeah <laughs> just like macking on the, these high school chicks like what, what does he say something about he's like you know though those uh those lunch trays that they match your outfits was that was that an accident or something like that he goes it's a really disgusting person just popping up on screen. Everything you guys mentioned about, you know, that the one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen in a movie is Lynn Shea just losing her shit with that record Blair. Um, yeah, just um, what, what else is there? There's there's other stuff too. I, I love seeing uh, Emmanuel, uh, whose last name I can't pronounce and stuff because she's good looking to me. Creaky. Yeah, <laughs> creaky, creaky. She's um she played I guess uh the, the, the one of the Guidettes the, the the Stellas I'm sorry she played the other Stella that was changed I didn't realize that was her yeah I look at the credits man it was pretty awesome though uh the cameos like I mentioned Ron Jeremy and such and Shannon Tweed um and Beth was played by of course um, Charlie's uh, stalker yes and oh, two was, and a half men I found her terribly attractive and stuff Melanie Linsky that's her name who who has this, uh, been seen and uh, uh but I'm a cheerleader with Natasha Leone see. It's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon up in here, see? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, I, I love the very end because in all three of these films, I think. Do, do we get Detroit Rock City in, in Kiss Me to Phantom? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, the only that they, I heard in all three movies was Shouted Out Loud. Yeah, that's like their big one that they play everywhere. But um, yeah, you get a great performance of that in here. You get Gene's tongue cam, which is kind of hilarious, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Inside the shark mouth. (laughs) You got to showcase all the stuff they do on stage. It it was just a very well-played-out scene that you didn't really get in any other movie. You know, it's them, what they do on stage. You know, Gene with the flaming sword and the smoke coming out of the Ace's guitar and stuff like that. And, and, uh, of course, the Catman throwing the stick like many of the drummers do, but, you know, does it right at that right moment in Detroit Rock City where, you know, here... And of course, uh, 
broke his drumstick, so now he has two. He jammed does now, so that's that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, anything where they're in Detroit, getting into trouble is always fun. Uh, yeah, Chongo, who has no neck. The, the part where they, they actually get him in the alley, and Chongo does that Bruce Lee one-inch punch to... to <laughs> To that, to the two, um, oh, was the character's name again? Oh, trip. yeah, to G to the trip. He just like lays it into him with one punch. He just flies across the alley. And of course, the shorties take their stretch Armstrong back, you know, and <laughs> that was the thing of that movie. The, every, uh, it's just Scream 70s nostalgia. So, right down to that stretch Armstrong doll. Um, but yeah, that's about my, my piece. I think we uh, laid it out pretty well. I'll start with you this time, Brian. Uh, what was your ratings on this film, sir? One to ten. Uh, do you do points? Because I'd probably say... That's fine. 8.5. Beautiful. It's just a lot, lot of fun. I was uh, laughing and smiling the whole way through, so rarely do comedies affect me that way. So, hell, I'll give it a 9. There, a nice big round 9. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I know it gets extra points just for being in Detroit. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what do you, what do you give a girl? I'm gonna go nine too. I really, I don't think there was anything really wrong with it. Um, maybe there was. I mean, but I don't know. I'm not a big Natasha Leone fan, so maybe that's where it loses the point. I don't know. <laughs> but really, it's totally fun, worth a watch, really well done, and funny as hell. Great, uh, nudie. Yeah, sounds pretty good. I mean, if I gave Kiss Me to Phantom an 8, this one's definitely better than that. So this will get a 9 from me as well. It's just great, and I'll watch this again. Uh, Suzanne? Solid 9. So much fun. So much so much scenery to chew up. Great movie. Um, I'm right there with the, with, with the 9 as well. You just, I don't know where you, where you even lose in that point, because I, I have a great time with this movie all the way through. So the key, it came out right at the right time for me, right at the end of high school, so... I still, I'm still pretty immature now, but I just know that much amount of immaturity to really love this film, and I still love this film, so I guess I'm pretty immature, so I'll, I'll, I'll go for that. <laughs> so nine's all around, and um, we'll be right back with our review of the brand new Kissin' Scooby-Doo, A Rock and Roll Mystery, right after this. Let me tell you my story. I've got a man-sized predicament, and it's a big one. Goes like this, yeah. Jim 
every damn time I walk through that door, it's the same damn thing. Girl bends over, and I forget my name. Band Kiss, The Star Child, The Demon, The Catman, The Spaceman meets the legendary dog. I'm here for the funnel cake. Witch! Get me the hottest mystery solvers in the world. Why, that was well done. Yeah, so are we. I think we're gonna need these kids to catch that witch. You'll never stop me! Needs our help. Like, I'm no guitarist, but I can play a mean armpit. <sighs> when the earth is threatened, this gang Zoinks! will have to rock your world. We'll have this case licked in no time. Now it's just a matter of setting a trap. Who's gonna be the bait? You are. How is it that you and I have to do the hard part? Just lucky, I guess. Scooby-Doo and Kiss. Rock and roll mystery. Come on, guys. These special effects cost money. Look for it on DVD and digital HD. Kiss and Scooby-Doo, a rock and roll mystery, is um from this year. Uh, basically, the... the, 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 the um, what they call them, Mystery Inc., whatever they, they, they call those guys. They're not really called in, they just kind of show up to Kiss World to assist Kiss in, in fighting this this thing, which is like this this phantom type thing that's haunting their very cool, awesome uh, Kiss uh, theme park. And uh, they, they basically band together to stop this thing and to save their... There's a thing with elders and stuff, and they have a whole separate Kiss World, and there's uh, all kinds of stuff going on in this movie, but... To save the park and save all that action, too. I'll start with uh, Jamie. What did you think about this movie? I think, well, this, this is kind of a weird one for me. I love Scooby-Doo. Old Scooby-Doo. I hate new Scooby-Doo. Really? I don't like, yeah, I don't like the animation. I don't like Matthew Lillard. as, And I actually like Matthew Lillard. I just don't like him as Shaggy. I don't, I mean, actually, I thought that, um, I was about to say Natalie Green, um, <laughs> but Mindy Cohn, I thought she did an amazing job as Velma, and that was fantastic, but I just, I don't like the animation of the new Scooby-Doo's, and it just irritates me, but after a while, 
I kind of let that go and I ended up getting into it more than I thought I would. I thought it was really fun whenever Kiss showed up and you have Gene just being all grumpy and just, I do not like this. And then, you know, growling. And then it was, I mean, they were just so over the top. It was, it was hilarious. But then when we got to the end and we started going to other worlds and stuff, I, I don't know. Just to me, it just felt like it go, it went on for really long and I think it was, while it was fun and it was a fun premise, I really feel like it would have been better suited for, like, back when Scooby-Doo used to do, uh, you know, like Scooby-Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters yes. or Scooby-Doo and Jonathan Winters or whatever. It would be two episodes, so it was longer than your regular Scooby-Doo episode, but it wasn't quite feature length. Those are the, the new Scooby-Doo movies, I believe. I think that, um, that something more that length probably would have been a little better. I just feel like it was too long. It was, it just dragged after a while for me. And I kind of got over the, 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 the joy that I was feeling in the beginning. And so it didn't, I probably won't watch it again. And I own Scooby-Doo on zombie Island and absolutely love that movie. Um, but and I've watched it numerous times. But this one I probably won't. Even though the kiss parts are really fun, I just feel like it just goes way too long, and it just loses me after a while. Sadly, that's that's, that's very fun. But the music is fun, and I think it's totally hilarious that a band who basically wrote every song about cock is played for a it's like playing right alongside a kids' TV show. I think that's great. That's fine. Uh, Nudie, what you think, sir? I'll agree with her points on this movie overstaying its welcome a little bit. It was fun at the beginning, and it, it was a lot of fun at the beginning. And they, I think Kiss is actually in on the joke now that they're a money-grubbing band. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're... Oh, those parts were great, how they oh, just kept driving that home. Right? It was fantastic how their manager was following them around and trying to get a dime out of everything he could. Oh, it was played by Doc McGee. You noticed that in the credits? Right? Yep. Yeah. That's his that. manager in real life. And like, like they needed like duct tape. Oh, use a kiss duct tape. Only fifteen ninety nine now, if you buy it. And it was just funny. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and I like that they kept the powers that they actually had in the, the first movie that we reviewed, like star child, you know, with the eye and all that. And they kind of, and I thought I don't know if you guys agree the voices were off on the Kiss characters. Like Gene Simmons didn't really sound like Gene Simmons. Oh, I when agree. They, when they were singing, like Ace, I mean, when they were singing, Paul Stanley sounded like Paul Stanley more than the rest of the band did. I don't know if that was a problem with their production or what. So that threw me off a little bit too. Well, that I haven't heard a lot of the current lineup, but I know this is the current lineup in the movie. Tommy yeah. Thayer and such, you know. Yeah, but really, it's Paul Stanley and Gene, and Gene Simmons who do the bulk of the singing. Mm-hmm. And but the Paul Stanley singing sounded like Paul Stanley, but the Gene Simmons stuff was kind of off for me. And I don't know if that if that was a problem with the way they just recorded it or what. But it sounded different, and it sounded a little weird, so it threw me off. But I still think the movie's enjoyable. It does when they get to the end, the last half hour, where everything starts getting psychedelic and everything. It's a little weird, but. I thought it was pretty pretty good. It was a good watch. Uh, Suzanne? just didn't really like it too much. I grew up with the old Scooby-Doo. There were a few things about it that I found humorous. 
you know, Doc McGee being the manager, that was the thing that stood out to me. That was the funniest part. And when they were making fun of Ken, or why do I want to call him Ken? Call him Fred. And the ascot five. He loves that ascot five, bud. <laughs> and that, I mean, I have to admit, those are the two things that really amused me about the movie. But all in all, I just wasn't, I just, it, it just, it, it seemed lackluster to me. I never pictured Daphne as a Kiss fan either. Yeah. And I, I oh, the that other weird to me that made me laugh was when Paul gave her the kiss at the end of the movie. That was pretty funny. But I just, I don't know, I just didn't really enjoy this as much as I'd hoped I would have. Another thing I thought was really funny was when they said, they mentioned that Kiss had played the for free. And I said, I'm calling bullshit on that one. Because <laughs> they don't do oh, shit They have never free. given anything away for free as long as they lived. <laughs> Oh, and them trying to unload the kiss toilet. That was hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> no better place to unload than this. <laughs> I got 3D glasses because I went to see the Psycho Circus tour and they had this 3D show going on in the background. If you read the inside of the 3D glasses, they were giving away stuff, but you had to call this phone number that was $1.99 per minute. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God, uh, Brian! And makes total sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian, what's your thoughts, sir? Okay, uh, allow me to rant just a little bit. Go for it. Uh, this isn't Kiss. This is two guys from Kiss, and then two other guys pretending to be two guys from Kiss. Yes, playing those characters. Yes, and yeah, that oh, bugs <laughs> me to death. In the '80s, when uh, Peter and Ace, you know, went their separate ways for a while. They had other people come in and join Kiss, but they didn't pretend to be Space Ace and the Catman. They had different makeups, yeah. Exactly. They had different makeups, different personas, different everything, different names. Here, they actually use their real name, but everything is just a ripoff of the two guys that are missing. And they that, have- that bugs the living shit out of me. See, the, the so thing- Every time they open up their mouth uh, and it's like, Space Ace, we need to do this. Okay. I'm like, you're not Space Ace. Shut up. He was talking to someone else behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and they made a, they made a, one of them made a comment about an album going gold or going (laughs) platinum. And Brian's like, and you had nothing to fucking do with it. (laughs) (laughs) I said the same thing. With, with the exception of Daphne's cell phone care. I don't even care. think that Eric Singer was born at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah with the exception of Daphne's cell phone camera, I, I, I really wasn't sure which decade I was in until that happened. You know, it's like, I don't know if that oh, was right. a thing. You know? <laughs> um, as for the movie as a whole, I have a confession I must make. I've never been a Scooby-Doo fan. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. It, it killed me. It broke my heart to hear that. It did. But, uh, as a kid, I never liked it that the, the spooky stuff was never real. I mean, they would have vampires and ghosts and zombies, and I'd be, oh, this is awesome. And it was always some old guy in a mask. And that pissed me off every damn time. I you wanted it to be kids. Yeah, I wanted it to be real. So I don't have a heart full of nostalgia when it comes to Scooby-Doo stuff. Uh, I don't really like the cartoons. I didn't like the live-action films. Oh, bleh. <gasps> this movie? Eh, I really didn't like it. It wasn't horrible, but, like, case in point, I think uh, 
Jamie mentioned uh, Matthew Illard. Lillard. Lillard, whatever his name is. I know he was shaggy in the movies, but every time he spoke a line here as shaggy, and again, I'm not a big Scooby-Doo fan, but it grated on me because it sounded like somebody trying to do a bad shaggy you know, impersonation. Uh, and I don't know, just the whole thing was just not for me. I dug that they had some Kiss songs in it, and I dug some of the weird cosmic imagery at the end when they're flying around on their super duper spaceship guitar, as you know, kisses want to do. But uh, I don't know. I, don't, I I just think I wasn't the audience for this. So while I wouldn't stone it or burn it at the stake, eh, if I never saw it again, I would be just fine. See, see, I'm gonna write the highest rating of, of of all for this film because I I, I watched it twice. I can tell Jamie. <laughs> Because I, I enjoyed it, you know, that much. I mean, because I think that if you're in the right mindset for a film like this, if you, if you like Scooby and you like Kiss, there, there's enough there for even the novice Kiss fan to notice. I mean, right, right there in the opening credits, which is probably some of the coolest animations I've ever seen in any Scooby, any Scooby anything. I mean, you gotta like the the the. the oh, I did love that. That was fantastic. The mystery ink crew like cruising by, and all of a sudden you see like a, a makeshift version of the color of Preachers of the Night, you know, and that 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 looked pretty cool to me. And you know, there's so many in jokes that if you if you're a Kiss fan and you want to watch this with your kids, the, the the adult Kiss fan is gonna really enjoy themselves by, you know, all these jokes and all these references that are in this movie. I think they had to mention the elder because they probably still have a warehouse full of copies of the elder that they still can't get rid of. Oh yeah, there's a lot of those. <laughs> I have one someplace. Trust me. Oh, I do too. And I, I've tried to burn it, and the damn thing won't burn. <laughs> oh, I, I love that the demon is the one that that, that eats too much. He, he's just uh, there's that great scene where he uh, he roasts the corn dog with his fire breath. And I was I was I was busted up laughing, you know. I, I love the sco- the the Scooby Doo montage, you know, monster chasing scenes. Scooby and Shaggy going to, through the flume, and you know, that going on. Of course, you know, you guys mentioned going through the dimensions of the flying guitar, those things, and um, yeah, I'm probably kissing movies movies ass way way too much, you know. But the, I I had a good time watching it. Uh, downside stuff for me would be. I, I guess uh, in all these films, not using the song "Shock Me" while Ace Freely was well, while the my, my I'm sorry, Brian, while while while, uh, while um oh that's not Ace, that's Tommy Thayer. When Tommy Thayer was doing like his lightning lightning stuff, you know, it was a missed opportunity. You know, I, um, lots of stuff was missed in this movie. Um, like you guys mentioned, that stuff with the the elder stuff was uh. But a misstep in my opinion, but I think one of the greatest jokes about this thing is one of the they finally addressed it outside of the live action movies is that they were they were stoned through through most of this film, so you don't know what's real and what what didn't didn't take place. And oh yeah, the, the music was used great. You, you had a lot lots of kiss stuff to listen to, and it was all used fine in this movie. And um, you guys are not wrong about things you say. I just like uh, this is like the John Cross Scott Pilgrim versus the World <laughs> argument all over again. But uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, if you get enjoyment out of it, that is, get you know, go for it, man. I mean, you can watch it enough times so that we don't have to watch it again, I guess. Um, and I, I don't think it was 
that terrible. I just, um, I mean, it was entertaining enough for one watch, even though I do feel like it went on too long. Mm-hmm. I, I, though I have to agree with Brian and it really does kind of get my goat, the whole character thing The it just every single time it's, it's, I see these two other guys attached to these characters. I just, I don't, uh, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't care what happened with you. These are their characters. What, I mean, if you joined a band like this, would you want to take over someone else's persona? Well, it's, it's, a, mar- and of course, it's, it's a marketing thing. I think Gene, well, it is. I of think course, Gene of course owns, it is. they own the characters. Oh, well, yeah, yeah they, Gene, own, Gene owns everything. But I mean, like, guns for hire. You know, they have no the, voice, no, no voice. A, of course they are, and I know all of that, and it that it makes sense from that point of view. Except, Kiss fans know they know you're not fooling anyone. So what's the point now? I mean, I have never heard one Kiss fan go, oh, "I would just I don't care who's under there. I just want to see the Catman." Nobody. I mean, no, nobody said that ever. Said nobody ever. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just. You know, that it just irritates the piss out of me every single time. And I just, I don't know. I think it's really disrespectful to what they were a part of, to what they created, to the history that they have with them. And also it's disrespectful to the new artists who could possibly bring something cool to the table given the opportunity. But yet they're, you know, stuffed into someone else's role. And I just, it just makes me angry. But, you know, whatever. Kiss still rules. I don't know. <laughs> After all of that, I still love Kiss. It's just this, this is gonna damn be, it. This is going to be a bold statement, but I think Eric Carr was the best Kiss drummer ever. So I'll, I'll stand by that that statement. You know, so I, I rest I, in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Definitely. A completely different style. Yeah. Of the Kiss. He was more he of a rock drummer, and Peter Chris was more of a jazz style drummer. Two completely different drummers with two completely different ways of playing. Um. Yeah, and um, I'm about done with uh, with my piece, except for you know the fact that you know I, I had a I had a good enough time to. I'm glad I purchased this movie because you know, I'd say a good <laughs> three out of yeah, the. Yeah, I'm glad you purchased it too, Gary. Yeah, four out of the five of us got to watch it on my dime, so that that's that's something. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I I'll watch it again. I just like I just agreed with her when she said that it overstayed its welcome a little bit oh, towards the fine. end, but. I think the first hour is funny as shit. It's, I, I like that. I, I'll watch it again for sure. Oh, well, they have rather bring up like when they, when they got their, their, their powers on, I guess, you know, they had the whole anime style of them getting their powers things going on. And that, that was, that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah. The, the, those meddling kids are. And that kept reminding me of Thundercats. Yes. I guess yes. Every single time it was, and and it was specifically, and not even cat, which was, it, which would be kind of funny, but it was specifically space when it, it was like every time he did anything, I immediately thought of Thundercats, and I don't know why, but it was just I was picturing Lionel in my head. It was weird, um, but anyway, I, I love that they they addressed the fact that you know. That Paul Stanley is pretty much the true leader of this group. <laughs> that Gene's kind of just there, you know, because I'm I'm of the same presence that you know. Me and Suzanne had a discussion that I was listening to the Shocker soundtrack recently because it's all on YouTube and it's still pretty delightful. But there's a there's a song in there, I guess in the in the titular song Shocker. I forget who was in all those super groups, but 
Paul Stanley was in one of those super groups, and there's a point in the song where he Paul Stanley's it up. Oh, yeah, totally Paul Stanley's it up. <laughs> and I, I never thought he'd use it as a verb, but, you know, all of a sudden he just starts, starts busting out a, like, a, like, a, like a revival. You've got the power! Like, yeah. <laughs> and then they have the revival song, just the... Uh, the chorus over and over at the end of the disc for like three minutes long. It's ridiculous, you know, and I, I can't, I can't hate on too much though, but the, as far as Scooby-Doo goes and Kiss goes, I think they, uh, they put a solid product together for, you know, I think it's a happy medium between this and Kiss meets the Phantom because they're so similar in a lot of ways that this is something you can turn on, you know, with your kids that they might actually sit through. Whereas Kiss meets the Phantom is so seventies and so campy that they might not like that so much. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll shake it on down the line again. Jamie, anything else you'd like to say about this film? And, um, we'll, we'll shoot to you first. Um, no, I don't really have anything else to say. I talked a lot about it, I guess. Um, as far as a rating goes, uh, I'm going to have to say, uh, <laughs> it's kind of just above the middle for me. So I'm going to have to say six. I, the parts that I liked, I really liked, but then, you know, like I said, it just, there was so much of it. Gotcha. Suzanne? I just wasn't a fan. There are a few parts that amused me, but there was just way too much I didn't like about it, so I'm going to give it a three. Oof. Woof. Wow. <laughs> Brian? I like the parts with Kiss. The Scooby stuff didn't do anything for me, but it didn't really aggravate me either so i'm gonna give it a nice middle of the road inoffensive five cool uh nudie i'm gonna give it a seven i i i know i rated <laughs> the phantom of the park an eight but that's all nostalgia on that part of it i'm gonna give this a seven i i didn't hate it i didn't think it was fantastic but i'll watch it again um yeah, I'm right there. Like I said, I'm right at the highest, and you know, I'm I'm gonna go for an eight on this because I I got that much enjoyment out of it. I thought that I, I didn't mention the voice acting besides Mindy Cohn and uh, Matthew Lillard, but you had a lot of a lot of names in there. You had um, Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter was in there. Uh, you you had um. Ooh. Oh, Jay and Silent Bob. I mean Kevin Smith and yes and Jay Muse. They were in there. Yes, indeed. Yeah, a lot of names. Uh, which, by the way, real quick, that fir- that very first time we see the witch, is that what would come to your mind whenever you saw that <laughs> that creature hovering above you uh, if you're on a roller coaster? I wouldn't be like, witch! You know, that's <laughs> not at all the first thing that I would think of, but I thought that was kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, I love, I love the fact that we, we mentioned 21, 22 Jump Street about them mentioning the budget and Doc McGee being uh, <laughs> being their manager in the movie too, mentioning about how they can't use special effects every time to go out of frame. You know, special <laughs> effects yeah. cost money. You know, stuff like that. And I honestly, I think that the character that I liked throughout the movie was the was the manager because I saw that and I immediately had to flip open IMDb because I'm like, oh my god, that has got to be Doc McGee. We Has got the, to be. We got these Kiss smelling salts. They're on sale right now. It, it was his performance that got it up to two and a half, and the uh, oh great, I just derailed. Um, yeah, pretty much it was mostly Doc McGee and the Ascot Five that got it up to the three. <laughs> if you guys listen through the credits, they they do a version of "Don't Tug My Ascot." They play the whole thing 
with kissing yeah. with them. So, you know, if, if anything, stay through the credits for that because it's kind of hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's an eight for me in a low, low end, except for nudie on the other sides, but that's okay. Well, we'll work it out. But uh, we'll be back to close out the show right after this. American Dream. He's just a common man. The American Dream, Dusty Rose, be this. I'm coming to you live in a living color. Speak to you, the American people. A podcast called Silver and Gold Daddy. And you know that the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, knows how to bring home the gold, Daddy. And just like Henry Silver sticking Baba Boucher's head inside a sow hanging from the ceiling. Silver and gold will stick it to you, stick it to your ears, stick it to your mouth, your eyes, your nose, daddy, and all points in between. They'll take your listening pleasure and stick it between a thou's caucus hanging from the ceiling, daddy. Silver and gold, we talk about movies and shit. Find us on iTunes or silverandgold.com. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. But we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios! This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get, get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler list of desserts it's it's a, a pure good i love the idea of up and coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre i really really like that idea
And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avenger. The New Favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horophilia Podcasting Network. <gasps> My films! Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! Ah, Chinema. Porkies? Meatballs, too? Enjoy your crap fest. <laughs> oh, go read the bell jar, you poser! Klaus, prepare to feast your eyes on the majestic grandeur of the silver screen. Drive! Especially when you're different. When you're helpless. And alone. But now, Joey's the man of the house. And it's under attack. Watch out! Supernatural forces. He can't understand. But Joey won't be helpless for long. Because Joey's not alone anymore. Making contact. Hi, and welcome to the Jack and Emily show. I'm Jack. I'm Emily. Let's have some fun. I love the zoom on this. Make a smiling face. Come on, Jack. Dead? Dear blessed Lord, thank you for the gift that you have provided for us. Yesterday morning, Jack and Emily crucified the family cat. Jack and Emily cornered a boy and began to bite him, and they just wouldn't stop. Let's have a staring contest. I dare you to stare until our movie's done. I bet you you can't. Every child is afraid of the dark, the unknown, the nightmare. In Gatlin, Nebraska, that nightmare is in the core. 
Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Stephen King, the author of Carrie, The Shining, The Dead Zone, and Christine, an adult nightmare. Children of the Corn. I'm here, Lord! I'm Stephen King's Children of the Corn, an adult nightmare. That was a big kiss show, people, and I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. Uh, I know I did watching these three uh, these three gems, I guess you would call them. Oh, uh, we'll start with Brian though. Brian, uh, you got you got a book just came out on uh, just hit actually. Um, go ahead and pimp your stuff. Whatever you got going on, sir. Why? Thank you. Um, for a publisher called April Moon Books, they just released a anthology of mine called Flesh Like Smoke. It is a collection of uh, werewolf, shape changer, skinwalker, that type of thing, horror stories. Uh, from a publisher called Chaosium, they just released a book of mine called The Edge of Sundown, which is two of my favorite genres mashed up. Obviously, one is horror. Uh, the other one is Western. I love a good horror Western, and there's just not enough of that out there. So I did an anthology for them. Uh called The Edge of Sundown, all with horror westerns, and coming out very, very soon from a, yet another publisher called Golden Goblin Press, there is a book called Cthulhu Invictus, actually Tales of Cthulhu Invictus. Uh, if you don't know who Cthulhu is, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> they're all Lovecraftian cosmic horror stories, sometimes known as the Cthulhu Mythos, and they all happen to take place in ancient Rome, because why the hell not? So uh, those three are all coming out relatively around the same time, which makes me oh so happy. And uh, I like that each one is very different. Um, I don't like being pigeonholed. I don't like being, you know, typecast as just this kind of guy. So if you like werewolves, get Flesh Like Smoke. If you like horror westerns, get Edge of Sundown. If you're a fan of Lovecraftian horror, get Tales of Cthulhu Invictus. Or make me really happy and get all three. <laughs> Great. And where can they find you on social media, Brian? Oh, uh, probably the easiest way is just through Amazon. Each and every one of them is going to be through Amazon. Yeah, where, they, where can they find you? Oh, where can they find me? Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, you could probably find me at, at Brian M. Sammons on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Facebook. Brian M. Sammons. Uh, look for the guy that has a bunch of horror stuff or Cthulhu stuff, and that'll be me. Great. Uh, Nudie? Uh, weekly or monthly sometimes on the NFW podcast on Yahoo at Yahoo.com and Twitter. NFW underscore podcast on Twitter. And, of course, on your multiple shows. And <laughs> Yeah, Nudie shows up. It. He's a good guy. He shows up. <laughs> uh, Suzanne? Um, you can find me at fly01 
On Twitter, just look for the Bloody Ballerina, uh, Suzanne Capaletti on Facebook. And I'll be featured in an anthology coming out midwinter. Details are still pending. And I will be speaking at Archon on three panels, each focusing on different aspects of horror. And one of them happens to be Cthulhu. Yay! (laughs) You are awesome. I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the main things going on. Okay. Jamie? Well, Brian left out one. And that is The Lonely and Curious Country, which is a new anthology that just hit this week from Ulthar Press that we are both in. Uh, We co-wrote a story together for that one. And uh, so if you check that out, you can find that on Amazon or go to Ulthar Press and find that it's a collection of mythos stories. And ours is called Afterbirth. So uh, go check that out. I'm I'm really excited about that one, and I'm, I love that we did it together. And then, of course, there's the usual uh, evil episodes, direct-to-video connoisseur, and then this show, which is kind of all that I'm doing right now. Devour has been on hiatus, and I don't know what's happening there. And Skeleton Crew is on a break. Um, we just finished up that Nightmare Retro, and then um, so we're taking a break for a while, and we'll be coming back in the fall. And then, you know, that's liking it is, well, you never know what's going on with that show. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Jamie knows. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, as far as I go, uh, this is the show you listen to right now, Sinbeat Podcast, and two drink from commentaries you can both find on the legionpodcast.com feed. Um, you can find me on, what's that show called? Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast on the Horophilia Network. With uh, Eric Bergstrom. You can check that out. And uh, if you guys would come and be delighted if you come rate and review us on iTunes, any of those shows you just heard, you guys could be in line to win some cool stuff from me. A couple random autographs. Duty gave us a review, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Um, (laughs) uh, Danny Trejo, uh, Jeffrey Combs, uh, Charles Band. I have some random autographs that I have extras of. Got them signed in person, so they're all they're all legit and everything. So, just uh, rate and review us, and put your name in a hat, and you could essentially win something nice to hang on your wall. So check that out. And uh, yeah, find me on Twitter, GW. Uh, come join the Sin Face Sin Beef Podcast Facebook group. Um, I think we're like 100 members strong by now. I try to post stuff on there sometimes. Yeah, I, I get lazy, folks. If you, if you haven't noticed these kind of things, and I apologize for that, but and. With that, I will leave you guys with this. And always, as the Sinvi Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. See you guys later.
Cause me and the boys will be playing 